themselves and 360 the world. Jamie Neal, the host, asks many questions about their mindset and how they fundamentally operate their world and the world around them. Hello and welcome back to 360 Yourself. Today I have the beautiful and lovely Emma. Um, so, um, Emma is in North London at the moment, um, isolating as much as I am in Devon. How are you, Emma? Yeah, I'm doing all right, thank you. Um, how are you doing? Uh, very good. Keeping uh, I'm, I'm actually more creative in this moment in other aspects that I don't usually am creative for a sense that I'm doing a lot more photography. Um, cool. I'm baking. That's, that's another creative aspect. I'm writing lots. I'm writing journals and poems and stuff. So other creative things that I don't usually do, I'm actually doing, which is quite exciting. Oh, that's really good. I find that I am the complete opposite. That <laughs> um, I've been trying to write and finding it impossible. Um, but I am working out quite a lot more because I feel like it's my way of starting the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually forces me to get up and get dressed. Um, so if anything, I'm finding that working out is really helping me to like, gear up for my day and even if that means after that I sit at the piano for a bit and you know sing for a bit so like there's elements of creativity but I think the things that I've been trying to do for a while even in isolation I'm finding hard to focus but that's okay because we might be here for a while so I think I've got time yeah yeah and because I I, I was I, I chewed into you uh, I think it was a week ago and you were singing sitting at the piano just sit, singing songs and I was actually working out in my garden and it was so lovely just to hear you sing songs while I was working out. Aww. It was I, great. I mean, I wish I could tell people when I was doing those kind of things, but it's actually more for me come out of boredom that I sort of go, oh, do you know what I could do? I'm just going to turn on Instagram Live and then, you know, maybe sing things I wouldn't normally sing based on what people have said. And I sort of have scribbed up on my iPad and essentially find a piece of music and then roll through. I mean, everyone can now tell that I am... A really bad piano player. No, you're not. You're really, you're really good. What are you on about? I mean, I can't play anything, but I think you're quite a good player. Uh, um, could be better. I mean, that's <laughs> what I should be doing in this lockdown is, you know, going back to my classical music and trying to play. So, 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 so let's let's go from the start. How did you start off in your in your career and and what you do and where you are as a person? How, where tell me tell me all about you. Oh, um, I mean. As a kid, I was, I loved theatre, I loved music, but I didn't really do anything particularly theatrical. Um, I would say maybe, probably until I was about 16. I mean, I had a singing lesson. I started singing lessons when I was 11. Um, And from there, I sort of had a singing lesson a week up until I went to drama school. And my singing teacher, Kirsty, was just an absolute dream. 
And when I was 16, even before that, I guess, I knew I didn't want to stay at school. And me and my parents had screaming arguments about it. And in the end, I did stay at school. But the compromise was I got an agent, you know, because apparently when I was 16, I thought it was that simple. And it was at the time. Um, and I got an agent and I was auditioning for various bits and pieces the West End, the UK touring, a couple of TV bits and bobs. I didn't quite land anything because everyone's sort of saying, oh, she's really young. Um, and then I managed to get a place at Mountview, trained for three years, which to date might be the best three years of my life. Um, and yeah, sort of from there, signed with a different agent. And I was lucky enough to be offered my first job on my last day of college. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. It, Thank you. It kind of uh, kicked off from there, really. And I've been pretty lucky thus far. I mean, I'm a complete workaholic, so that might also be why. But well, um, You have to be in the, in the, in this, well, in any, any arts industry, you have to be persistent and, and work crazy hard because no one else is going to do it for you, not your agent or your, not your mum or your partner, whoever. You've got to do it for yourself. Yeah, I think dreams don't come true without hard work. Like, you have to make your dream into a plan. Otherwise, it remains a dream. Yeah. This is so good. This is so true. So true. It's um, it's, yeah. that, it's that uh, quote, isn't it? If you can see it, if you can see it in your hand, it's it's a dream. It, it's in reality. And I think that's like um, when they when you write it down on pen, basically, when you write it down on something like concrete, it basically means it's going to it's going to it's going to happen at some point. You just got to drive towards it. But I think if it's just in your brain you go, and then you forget about it and then you don't come back to it or you don't write it on piece of paper it doesn't really it doesn't really exist in the real world it just, it just exists in your brain 100 percent. like i remember auditioning for drama schools and i didn't get into arts ed and i didn't get into gsa no that way was... you didn't get into yeah. arts ed no oh man they they are kicking themselves yeah. right now <laughs> but do you know what Matt, at the time i don't know i've been seeing a lot of shows and people who i've watched and i remember being obsessed with the original avenue q cast and people like judy atherton and john robbins they all went to mountview so i just thought that's where i want to go mm -hmm. <laughs> subsequently well, now i call them my friends which i still get a bit blown away by it's um, it's crazy because i i, I remember because i Stuart matthew price was the like i don't know if you were in that sort of era but i remember that was like when i was watching him years and years ago i was like man a oh man mountview produces such great singers yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit after Stuart. He won't like me saying that, but I'm a, I'm a little bit younger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I mean, I didn't get into the other two drama schools, but it never occurred to me that I wouldn't get in somewhere. I think I just had that blind faith of, well, that's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to go to drama school when everyone else is at university. So either way, I'll get into one of them. Um, yeah, maybe, I don't know, call that teenage arrogance. But... I th no, but I th I think I think I think that even you probably even have that now, and a lot of successful people do. Is that I always have that 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 quote of that if you look at Plan B, it distracts you from Plan A. And I always just say, I'm just going to do it, and I never think I never think how it's going to happen. Like I don't yeah. think I just go. I want to work for this person. I want to work for this brand. I'm just going to do it, and it somehow the universe listens to it. If you believe in the law of attraction or whatever. But like I just yeah. think about doing it, and it does, and I'm sure you're pretty much the same. If you you don't you don't question yourself, you're just gonna go. I'm just gonna do it. What's gonna happen? This is gonna happen. 
definitely. I mean, there were there were points. 2019 was a bit of an interesting year for me, and you know, I kept putting things out there that I wanted to do, but I think my brain was hesitant, and I felt like I was in quite a negative place. That almost when I decided to not be selfish again, but I went back to acting classes, and I went back to screen classes, and I went back to singing lessons, and I sort of took myself back to a place where I really enjoyed, which was always college life, because I felt in a real funk. I was getting a lot of no's, um, and I took myself back to school to try and reconnect with my joy. Um, I know that sounds really cheesy, but... No, no, for sure. It it really helped me to sort of remember why I love it so much. And then subsequently, 2020 started out great. So, but thanks, coronavirus. You have ruined a really good year for me. <laughs> um, but, do you know what? It's all good because, you know, you are always going to have those ups and downs. And I think even if you have... I had basically a year of no. And that's tough, but somewhere deep down, you have to remember that you've had yeses before, that hopefully there will be another yes. Of course, of course. You just have to have that blind faith that someone has once said yes. And it's all about, I, it's always about the right timing. I think you, like, I, I remember there's, there's people that I've, I want to work with that I've met about six years ago. And I haven't worked with them yet, but I'm like, it's going to it's gonna happen at some point. Or I remember I did a gig for someone and I met them like a year and a half ago. And then like they come back a year later going, oh, yeah, I remember you from a year ago. And I saw your name somewhere and I was like, I remembered you. And it's like, oh, OK, right place, right time. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, I've done two workshops at um, NT Studios and my entire career I'm going, one day I will work for the National. One day I will work for the National. It hasn't quite happened yet. Um but the workshops just mean that, like, oh, maybe I get a step further every time. You never know. For sure, for sure. It's all it's all about connecting with the people, and it's not about the here and now. It's about the future. And yeah, long game. Yeah, it's all about the long game. And I think in this society, in this generation, where we are wanting everything now, where I remember listening to, I'm 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 very very big on podcasts, listening to them, and I think there's a podcast called the Producers site or something i don't know it's by ken bradforth i think his name the west end broadway producer and one of the guys was talking about um this performer was talking about sag and getting your equity and stuff and years and years ago you'd have to get like build up points to get your equity and like, oh, yeah and 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 we don't have that nowadays because like people people like go i want to be marius and, and lemis coming out of third year and you're like yeah that probably might happen but it's not gonna happen for everyone um and it's the same thing for brands and, and productions and directing or sort of thing. Everyone wants it now rather than going, actually, if I make this this connection right now and I'm building my experience and skills, maybe in two, three years time, I'm going to be doing it. Especially when you're developing productions, it takes four or five years, pr pretty much. Some, some of these take even seven. I think Hamilton was like seven or eight years. Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing because with social media, everyone can kind of have instant success. Mm. Um, but, I mean, I'm quite thankful, actually, that I went through drama school without Twitter and Instagram. Yes, people had Facebook, but it was definitely more of a let's share pictures from our holiday. Um, and I use Instagram and social media definitely as a tool to put myself out there, but 
I think I'm also aware that everyone is also doing the same. Mm. So, you know, it's that it's it's an instant gratification thing that is important to remember isn't the only way to succeed at the moment. Yeah. That, yeah, it's not all about social media and, you know, even the best kind of people who are, you know, millions of followers and all the rest of it, the ones who are really successful normally have a hell of a lot of talent and hard work that have got them to where they are. Mm -hmm. So I always think don't underestimate the power of hard work in, you know, whatever aspect. Yeah, I, do, I, think, I think that's totally true. I think the people who have the, not the most success, sometimes the, the, the most people who have success, but the, but majority, but, but the, the small minority who are very successful and are very, very talented have worked their butts off for years and have waited their time. And I love reading stories of, I was watching Le Mis last night and uh, what like story of Alfie Bow like how he came about and the, the the struggles and stuff i'm not i'm never really interested in how people where people are. i'm i'm always interested how they got there because that yeah, yeah, for yeah. me that really like ignites my own journey but and also the people around me who are also coming up at the same time as me and how much grit and, and determination persistence that to get to your goals and your dreams oh 100 million percent like you know, I went to an Orthodox Jewish school, and Orthodox sounds, I know people are watching Unorthodox on Netflix at the moment, it's nothing like that. So, it, it, you know, it wasn't strict in that way, but in a way that, like, it wasn't anything to do with the arts, really. It was quite academic, and, you know, I think I was the first person at my school to not apply to university on UCAS. Um, that, you know, and I, I guess, the idea of theatre and being a kid in theatre was so foreign to my parents and, like, within my community that it just wasn't something to think about. But I think, you know, when I was little Miss 14 going, yeah, I'm going to leave school at 16 and go to drama school, my parents were a bit like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, which is kind of why it didn't happen until I was 18. But, um, yeah, I think don't underestimate that I think everyone has a different story to tell and it doesn't matter what kind of background you've come from and you know I, I know that drama school is considered quite elitist um due to just what it is but I think you know everyone has the opportunity to get better I think just look at the moment with everyone doing these amazing sort of free live streams free classes like Broadway weekends that I do the classes are free um, and it's just a chance to work with so many people that if you want it hard enough, you don't have to, you know, come from an elite background in order to really succeed. But that's that's a fallacy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And so and so becoming so coming from um, a non kind of theatre background and, and doing your kind of education first before going into drama school, how do you? Do you has your I'm assuming your hunger and your and your determination hasn't changed. How do you kind of gear your brain up every day? Like, do you do like meditation? Do you have like a visualization board? What what kind of mental things do you do? You prepare yourself on a on a daily or monthly or yearly thing. I can't lie to you. I'm terrible at meditation and anything vision board. I want to chuck it all out the window, and I want to chuck my phone out the window if I even try and listen to Headspace. I am terrible with any of that. Um, 
I have a very noisy brain and I find it rather difficult to quiet and get down. I probably should be working on that. Um, I think mostly while I'm in quarantine, isolation, whatever you want to call it, I think I try and find small victories rather than planning my week. Scheduling my week has never been something I've done. Like I remember revising for GCSEs and A-levels and so many of my friends had like revision timetables. I just thought as long as I, you know, get in some time in a day, that's success. Um, so sort of when I wake up in the morning, I think genuinely right now, if you're not leaving the house, putting underwear on is actually quite an achievement because there's no reason to even get dressed if you're not going anywhere. Um, so for me, it's more about the small things than, you know, putting my mind necessarily in a place. Like, I have to keep my mind busy, whether that means tuning into a new series or teaching or even just at the piano, like learning a new song, um, calling one of my friends on FaceTime. And it's a chance, I think, I, I really think this isolation period has made us connect with people, be it on, or on a screen, but people are making a lot more time to talk to people who are important to them. Mm. And I think a lot more people are talking, weirdly enough. I know you said about people in isolation feeling like they haven't been talking that much if they're living by themselves. But I would, I would really encourage people to call your friends and, you know, take, take the time to, like, see how they are, even if it's just you know, you've sat on your sofa all day, like even just talking to that one person can completely brighten your mood. Um, at the beginning of isolation, I was having a go at myself because Mondays I was finding like I was walking through a swamp. Um, you know, Monday normally is that, okay, it's the start of the week. I need to start my week because I need to go on, get up, go to the gym, let's do something, let's do this. And Mondays for me are always a fast-paced day, whereas... It was getting to Mondays, and I was just struggling to get out of bed. And, you know, you're getting up at midday, which means that breakfast is lunch, and then you can't sleep until 3 in the morning, and then the cycle kind of continues. Um, and the way I found of getting out of that is, you know, go on your one walk a day, or if you don't want to go out because you're worried about going out, sit by a window, breathe in some fresh air, like, take the small victories you got up today did you wash your face if not try that tomorrow or like you know if you didn't do that sit on your sofa watch a new series you know just do something and I think I've been quite hard on myself in isolation for not being proactive and when I actually sort of I write things down to look at what I've achieved in a day and I do it afterwards rather than before because if I do it before, I think, oh, I'm never going to be able to do all that in a day. But at the end of the day, if I write down what I've done, I realise I've actually done quite a lot. That's really interesting how, because I, I do the opposite. I write down, I, I'm really goal orientated. So for me, goals really help for, help for me because I, I manage to achieve them and they don't do the opposite where I, I go, oh, I haven't achieved this, this and this. And it's interesting you do the opposite that you, you write down what you've achieved that day, whether it is brushing your teeth or watching a, a series of Netflix. Yeah, for sure. I think I think I, I set my goals too high 
when they're smaller goals. And I, in the past, have tried to set goals like that. And I always end up feeling really down and hard on myself if I haven't achieved it all by the end of the day. Mm. Um, so I try a different way of like, if ever I forget things that I've achieved, I talk them through. And I know that certainly in a work um, state last year when I was getting a lot of no's, I kept saying to myself, no, you've done these amazing jobs. You were in limits, you were in In the Heights, and you've just played Ava Perron. And it was just, sometimes you forget the achievements that you've done in order to like motivate you to keep going because you do have the drive and you do have the talent and you do have the hard work. I find, personally, I find setting goals sets me back because I feel unable to reach them sometimes, but I know that everyone's different. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's interesting because I, I mean, everyone, I think everyone who is um, like us, who are very um, a perfectionist in their own work and their oh, world, yeah. um, they want, you want to achieve a lot in your lifetime. I have this very profound quote that I can't get rid of in my brain and it is, um, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Um, and it, it kind of ignites me to keep moving forward and keep learning and keep keep going. And I think we can be um, a checklist of our achievements. And in yeah. this moment in time, it's about going the small, not making the, the checklist uh, or the achievements so large, what you're saying, and making them just small little things, whether it is just a Netflix series or, I don't know, just a five minute kind of meditation session or just doing a workout for five minutes. It's all those small things. But it's about it's about seeing the the large goal and breaking it down to little tiny things. Like I can, like for me, I, I I find difficult reading for more than ten minutes. So I just oh, go, so I. I just go every day. I do, I re, I only read ten pages, and that's okay. it. I only just read ten pages, and then I do that every single day. Because then I don't feel like I'm really reading a lot, but I actually am reading. And then within like maybe like three four weeks, I've already read a book. Oh, you feel way more positive to me. If I read 10 pages, I end up feeling really bad that I've only read 10 pages. My brain works in a very different way. <laughs> you feel, what, you feel bad because you've only read 10 pages? Yeah, and I'm like, I could absolutely read more than 10 pages. Why am I only setting myself to 10 pages? Honestly, my mind works in such a bizarre way that if I set myself a goal for 10 pages, I would want to read 20 Oh, so you want to do you want to do more than the than the goal that you've just set? Yeah, I'm I'm bad for that, and sometimes it goes into unrealistic achievements. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Overachiever. It was my curse at school as well. You know, if I got a B in an essay, I came in the next day with three new essays that I'd done just so that my teacher could tell me exactly where I was going wrong and you know which one was an A. So. I think I'm an over perfectionist, which is definitely a um, what's the word? A flaw as well as a attribute. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, I mean, Steve Jobs was also a, a serious perfectionist as well. So. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and I wish I could be more like you, and you know, set really attainable goals that make you feel really good and i'm definitely still working on that within myself but but it's all it's all to do with like how you work like and you clearly know how you work as a person and what doesn't work yeah. for you and i think that's that's a for, for everyone and and i think just 
again, I, I think this isolation moment is just giving you, well, giving people clarity of just to reflect on what what issues or what things they need to work on as people. And, and, I, and I'm doing that a lot within meditation and, and why sometimes like, there's like tense moments that I'm like, oh, with like a conversation, I'm like, oh, why did I do that? And I'm actually reflecting on it. Um, and I think this, that's, that's so good. I think it's, it's important to do that at this moment in time. But yeah. it's also good to reward yourself. I, that's that's a thing that I don't do enough of. I don't reward myself enough. Yeah. For like the small achievements, but also the big ones. So I make sure if it's like a nomination or if it's like a big job, I or I have like a, a ritual that I always do now that I make sure that I do reward. Because if not, what I do, maybe you're like this, is I'll tick it off and I go, okay, next thing. Yeah, I know what you mean. So, like, and, and I imagine when you would let the you did like Lemire's and in, in the Heights and those sort of shows, did you have a sort of kind of a pat on the back moment? Did you did you did you sit in that moment and go, "Wow, where am I now?" Um, probably not when I got Lemire's, but I remember my first Eponine show, and I was so overwhelmed because. That was my dream since I was about three or four years old when that 10th anniversary came out. I wanted to be Leah for longer, like, my entire life. Um, so I think when I got to that moment, I went home, had a big old cry because I was so overwhelmed, and then went, oh, my God, I, I, I did it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, and I remember even thinking it in the auditions that I just thought I'm singing on my own and I dreamed a dream on the lamest set. Like, this is so... Like, what kind of world am I in? Um, that, for me, was a real moment, but it did come a lot later. Um, yeah, I think with the initial getting something, I again go, okay, so I've got rehearsals, and by the end of rehearsals, we'll see where we are. Like, I really want to feel, like, in my character. And I'm I'm very bad at being in the moment, and it's definitely something that I need to work on for me just so that, you know, you can give yourself a pat on the back. It is really important. Mm -hmm. it's, in it's interesting. I'm also the same as that. I, I struggle to be in the moment, and I'm getting a lot better. And I, and I notice these sort of things. Like, for instance, uh, my dad was showing me his coin collection the other day. And I didn't know he had a coin collection, but I uh, something in my brain has triggered to go. Oh, I really need to pay attention to this because th these are one of these memories that are gonna live on when my dad passes away. The moment that my dad is showing me his coin collection, and yeah, I, for sure. I, and I and I click into these moments. But so because because you um, because the, the skill of like not being in the moment is something quite um, on your brain sometimes. How do you find when you when you're um operating within your social world and your professional world what sort of influences do you grasp from the world around you what what inspires you talent really inspires me mm -hmm. um i know that sounds really obvious but sort of real hidden gems and it's not things that you see every day and that doesn't matter whether it's and i mean talent across the board not necessarily just theatrical talent like my 14-year-old cousin, Bella, is the most unbelievable baker. Um, and sometimes I think, wow, that is amazing. 
or you know, I see people like when Rob Houchin posts his drawings on online or he sends them to me and I just think, Oh my like that is incredible. Mm, yeah. Um and I know that sort of like my skill set is definitely me as a performer and I always try and nourish that because I, I kind of know that it's it, on an intellectual side, I know it's what makes me special. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think understanding that everyone has a talent and something to offer. I definitely always try and see the good in people. And I think that that inspires me as well. Um, I know this sounds again really silly. Sunshine. If the sun is out, I feel like I can do absolutely anything. Um, I'm I'm not so great if it's raining. <laughs> I think that's like for most people. There's, there's a there's a word for that condition where you're really affected emotionally by the the, the weather. There's a word for it. There is an actual it's condition. Sad. Is that what it's called? It's sad. Seasonal something disorder yeah i have that too i'm really like that as well i just like when i when i go to la and i'm like oh my god the sun's always out i'm just like i feel like i'm like on top of the world and then i come back to london and i'm like oh okay (laughs) but you know what i was thinking to myself with this whole isolation period can you imagine if we were doing this december to february i know i know this this is this is why i said to my friends like i'm actually getting through this isolation because the sun is out me too like Thank God the clocks went back as we sort of went into lockdown because the days are longer. Mm. If, if the sun was going down at three o'clock in the afternoon, I'd be in bed. I know. The the sun's going down at like 8.39 at this moment What by me. And it, it it's really actually enhancing my mood. I think even if you're in an apartment and you don't have outside space, at least it's light for a long time. If you were, you know, sort of cooped up and there was no sunshine either, even sort of glaring in from a tiny window... I think we'd all be finding life right now a lot harder. So I think that is also inspiring, the fact that I think I've learned to sort of take in those smaller things that if the sun's out and I'm feeling really good in the morning, it does make me want to sit at the piano and, you know, sing something or just play around. And it does make me want to work out by the window. And, yeah, I think, yeah, it just makes me feel better. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. And so, and so to, to, to summarize, what would be your biggest um, quote that you've ever been given or you've read that kind of res- re- resonates with you most that you would kind of give to someone who's younger or older, whoever? So I use this quote quite a lot and I saw it on a postcard in Chelsea Market and very uncultured of me. I wasn't sure who originally said it, but it was Oscar Wilde. And it's the quote is as follows. Be yourself. Everyone else is taken. Love that quote. I think we spend, yeah, I think we just spend so much time, especially with social media, looking at how we can, you know, one up everyone else. But why, why be someone else? Like they already have their thing, so you do you and let them do them. It's fascinating, isn't it? I I, I was having a conversation with a, a group of my friends who work in fashion. And we were, and the fashion world is is changing so dramatically at the moment, and they're turning fashion shows into um, men and women and non uh, non gender all in one. So it's not going to be a split. And it's so fascinating that they're saying about like streetwear, streetwear clothing is it has is always 
um, on trends and brands who are not streetwear are trying to do what streetwear is. And actually these designers are just being themselves and then the beach being authentic. And yeah. that's why that's how things become trendy because people are just tapping into their own authenticness. And it's so funny how like people have not clocked onto that, that actually just being your th- authentic person yourself is actually going to get you the most accolade or going to push you further in life because everyone just wants a piece of you because you're so original. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's it's sure. it's interesting that like the, you can't be anyone else and no one wants anyone else. Everyone's so individual. That's why you have all different little actors like Brad Pitt. There's no one else like Brad Pitt in the commercial mainstream world. There's no one else like Leo DiCaprio because why would there be? Why would there need to be? Well, yeah, and I mean, you can learn from other people. And, you know, when I go and watch theatre and I think, oh, why did I really connect to that? And if I break it down, I go, oh, I'm going to try and do that. That doesn't necessarily mean I want to be that person. It just means that I found something they've done really inspiring that I want to try and, you know, create my version of. And I think that life is full of searching inspiration from other people. You know, would Michael Jackson have happened without James Brown? No, probably not that you just think everyone has been inspired there or there from somewhere. Like then manuel talks about it with Hamilton, that without Les Mis, his vision for Hamilton would have been completely different. Indeed, indeed. David Bowie says a really great, great quote. He says, steal like an artist. So don't yeah, copy, absolutely. but steal. And that's that. the people who are very intellectual and know how to take ideas from from some people and not copy it but put it into their own language and their own style and then put it onto where those are the people that actually succeed and and do very well because actually they've understood that actually they are themselves as a a person are going to be the person that's going to push them the most not trying to enter um not trying to copy someone else because there's already someone else already (laughs) yeah for sure um, well, anyway, well, I want to say thank you so much for giving me your time. I think everyone who's going to be listening to this is going to be really insightful about um, how you how you operate as as a, as a performer and as a perfectionist. And we all have different ways of coping with the kind of progress and, and moving forward in life and keeping ourselves busy, because I think in this I th- definitely think this generation, there's this this this. Um, anticipation to always keep busy and always keep yourself moving forward and i think a lot of us have to including me have to find moments to slow ourselves down because we impulsively want to just do lots of things and keep busy and keep our minds racing yeah 100 percent. so i want to say thank you because i found i i I always find these things as well these podcasts so insightful as well because i get to learn about you and about how you work and i take little things and go oh i can take that into my life or actually someone else is like me who i didn't know you i had no idea you were same sort of thoughts or same sort of like niggles or things that i have so it's really really lovely to to hear these sort of things yeah thank you so much for having me no thank you because i think it's been really really great and i know everyone's going to really love listening to you ah thank you well so thank you so much thank you bye 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 Bye. This is 360 Yourself and I'm Jamie Neal. Thank you very much for taking a moment to listen to our wonderful guests. Please subscribe to our podcast to access all our brilliant guest episodes. They are released every Sunday at 12pm. We are available on all listening platforms, Spotify, Pocket Casts, 
Overcast, Google Podcasts and Castro. You can also find us on Instagram at 360 underscore yourself, Twitter at yourself360 and our host at Jamie Neil JN. Thank you for listening. <laughs>